Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. I'm Mark. I'm the lead pastor. I'm glad you guys are here with us. I don't know about you guys, but I felt like Christmas came really fast. I felt like it was the beginning of the school year, and then Halloween, Thanksgiving, and now here we are. And then, of course, we're going to have a white Christmas, so that's really exciting, right? This is what we all sing about and are excited about, but, um, but I'm glad that you guys are here. There was a question I wanted to ask you just to start is, now think about when you were a kid, if you're an adult, or if you're a kid, you can think about the last few Christmases. Uh, what was your favorite gift growing up? What was your favorite gift? Uh, and I wanted to share with you mine when I was a kid. You can see a picture of it on the screen. This is the Game Boy. You guys know what this is? Maybe, you're, you know, some of you that are my age or older, you know what the Game Boy is. This was so cool. When I opened this up on Christmas morning as a kid, I, I was like, wow, look at the technology. Look at the game. I can play this game right in my hands. I was so excited about this. And look at the graphics. I mean, maybe you can see a little bit on the screen there, but, and the colors are amazing. You should, the, the description of this game with the color, listen to this. I'm so excited. The color scheme is made of two tones of gray with accents of black, blue, and dark magenta. This is phenomenal, right? Like you cannot beat this kind of colors. And now with 4K or 8K or whatever, you know, this is a different world we live in now with colors. But I was so excited as a kid, and especially that made Christmas go a little bit better. As you have, you can imagine, you might travel to visit different relatives on Christmas morning, and I get to take this with me. It was so much fun. But we have these things that we can recall, opening up a gift and thinking, wow, this is so cool. But as you get older, you start to give more gifts, and you get to be excited about seeing other people open gifts. This could be your, your boyfriend, girlfriend, spouse, a friend, best friend, whatever it might be that you might give a gift, and you get to see them open it, and you're like, this is exciting too, almost as exciting, maybe even more so than you, when you open up a gift that is for yourself. I remember last Christmas, uh, and I shared this a, a few weeks ago, that uh, my, my wife, Andrea, and I, and my aunt, who was staying with us for Christmas, Christmas Eve, we built this bunk bed. I showed you a picture of this a few weeks ago. Uh, but I wanted to show you uh, Joelle and Margot's uh, reaction. Here's a picture of Joelle. She opens up her bedroom door. She slept in, in my room the night before, and she goes in there. She's like, wow, this is awesome, right? This is amazing. I get to see this bunk bed being built. Or here's uh, Margot, and she's sitting on the top bunk, and she's just, like, amazed this is so cool to, to see the expression on your kids' faces when they open up their gifts, right? Parents, you know this. Or even if you're not a parent, you can think of when you give a gift to somebody else and they open it up and you get to see that response. It is really uh, something that is special. And I'm not here to say, like, don't do that and you should only think about Jesus. You know, no, enjoy those times. Actually, Jesus uh, appreciates and finds joy and delight in the things that we do. But at the same time, uh, to remember the gift that God has given us. Because each and every Christmas, we, in a way, really open up the gift that God has given us. And those of us who are followers of Jesus for a number of years, we can think, oh, you know, I've heard this before, I've heard this story before. But we want to have that same uh, expression, that same sense of awe and amazement when we open up the gift that is Jesus. He's given himself for us. We've been in this series here at Crossroads uh, called The Cost of Christmas and the cost that Jesus went through as he gave his life for us is really amazing. 
So enjoy your time, whether it's tonight or tomorrow, you open up gifts, uh, whether you're receiving a gift or you're giving it, enjoy that. And at the same time, let's open up this gift that is what God has given us, and that is his son. So let's do that this morning. And really this gift that God really prepared for us really begins in the beginning. You might think, how long have you been getting you know, gifts together for your family, your friends, your loved ones? Maybe it's been Black Friday, you bought some stuff. Maybe it's been a month or a few weeks, or maybe you just bought some gifts tonight. That's okay, you know, but uh, whatever that is, God has been preparing this gift for humanity really before the beginning, but I wanted to read for you uh, John. John, he's a follower of Jesus, and he writes in this his account of the life of Jesus. He really goes to the beginning. He says in John 1, verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Uh, Without him nothing was made that was made. So Jesus is that Word. God spoke his Word, and creation happened. The universe was created, and Jesus was was with God, and he created uh, and sustains creation. This is who Jesus is. And uh, what is amazing is that the one who created and sustains everything, uh, he became a human being. He became a human being. John says this in verse 14 of that same chapter. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. So the word Jesus he became a human being. And for those of us who've heard this story, we can think, yeah, I've heard this before, but really this is truly amazing that the one who created and sustains everything became a human being. Or maybe I might think, okay, maybe he did that, but he, he lived in a mansion or he lived in this castle or he was this king that w- had servants that were waiting on him and he came to, to be served. And maybe that's why he came on this earth. But as we unwrap and open up this gift that God has given us, his son, we get to see that's not why he came. And in fact, uh, Paul, who was a a leader in the early church, he wrote this letter, and it's called Philippians, where he talks about this. He says, he, Jesus, made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So Jesus didn't come to live in a mansion or a castle or to be served. No, he didn't come to be served. He came to serve. He came to be obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. He did this because we sin and we all fall short. Each and every one of us, we, uh, our love isn't perfect. Our, we can be selfish. We can uh, hold bitterness in our hearts. We can lash out at people, even those that we love the most. Uh, we fall short each and every really day. I know I do. None of us are perfect. And yet Jesus came uh, to become obedient to death, even death on a cross, uh, so that we, our sins can be forgiven, uh, so that we can have a relationship with God, and so that we can have life now and forever with him as he begins that life, that we enter a relationship with him, uh, and he forgives and heals and begins to restore us. But why would Jesus do this? Why would he become human? I believe the part of the answer is in verse 14 of John. Let's go back to John The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father. Here's this 
this phrase, full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. And uh, this phrase really has its background in this other phrase that's in the Old Testament. You see uh, the Israelites, the children of Israel, they were slaves in Egypt and God frees them. Moses is their leader. They receive these Ten Commandments from the Lord, from God. And this is what Exodus 34, 6 says. And he passed, this is God, passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger. And here's the phrase, abounding in love and faithfulness. Abounding in love and faithfulness. This is what full of grace and truth means, that he is overflowing with love and faithfulness. He just doesn't have a little bit of love or love after just a good night's sleep, or he isn't just a faithful when he has a good attitude, uh, like we might, or like, oh, I have a good night's sleep. I can be uh, full of love and grace, and I can be faithful all the time. No, he is faithful all the time, and he is full of grace. He is overflowing with love. And God does this no matter where you're at, where you're at in the social structure, as we've seen, as you maybe recall in the story of the shepherds, they were on the bottom of the social ladder, and God comes to the humble, to the lowly, to those that are in pain, who are suffering, those that are struggling with sin, those you might think, I, you know, I struggle with this or I struggle with unforgiveness, I'm, I struggle with addiction, whatever it might be, that God shows his love and compassion and he's full of grace, full of love for you. And that starts, or it shows up here in this story of Christmas where there were shepherds out in the fields at night keeping watch of, of their flocks at night. And the, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And these shepherds, they were terrified. But the, the angel said, Do not be afraid, for I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people, that today in the town of David a Savior has been born. He is Christ the Lord. He is the Messiah, the Lord, the, the King, the Anointed One, the one that was promised, the one that they were holding out hope for. And then uh, they, the angel said, this will be a sign to you. You'll find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And then it, with the, along with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts appeared, other angels there, praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to whom God's favor rests. And these shepherds take this news, and this is what we're going to pick up on here in Luke 2, starting in verse 15. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them, uh, uh, told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. They were amazed. They go there, the shepherds, and they see that as the angel said, this is the sign, you'll see the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger, a feeding trough for animals. They see this thing. They're amazed by this, no doubt, that God would come down to the humble, to the lowly, and reveal this good news that they've been waiting for. The Messiah, the anointed one, the one who would save them, is here. Uh, And then also Mary and Joseph, as they kind of had a wrench thrown into their plans, they had a certain way their life was going to be, but then God is working in their lives. They're no doubt amazed and 
Uh, tomorrow we're going to post a video that I encourage you to, to check out where I talk a little bit more about Mary and how she treasured these things in her heart. Uh, and as I said, the shepherds and then the other people that the shepherds told, they were amazed. This is happening. Is this really happening? The Messiah is here. And we can use this phrase amazed, you know, in a lot of different ways. I was even thinking about what, what is amazing to us today? The Grand Canyon is pretty amazing. Has anybody ever been to the Grand Canyon? I think, yeah, it's pretty cool. Like when I've seen pictures of it before uh, I went there, I was like, this looks like a painting, right? Because it's so massive and huge. And then when you go there, I still feel like I, I don't believe it. It's, it's really God's creation. This is like phenomenal what I'm seeing in front of me. Or here's another thing that might amaze us. The butter cow. Have you guys ever seen the butter cow? (laughs) Yeah, at the Iowa State Fair, I've seen that over the years. I've gone there. There's a long line for people to see this thing. It is like, I don't know, the ninth wonder of the world. I'm not really sure. But uh, this started in uh, 1911. So it's been going around for, for a long time. And this butter cow is five feet high. And it's Eight feet long. It's pretty big. And, you know, the average dairy cow is about 1,000 pounds. This thing is 600 pounds. That's a lot of butter. In fact, did you know that the, that the butter cow w- would butter about 19,200 slices of toast? That's a lot of toast. We should have had, did that here after the service. But uh, this, uh, the average person, it would take two lifetimes to eat all of that butter. Now, I love butter. I bet I can do it in just one lifetime. But, um, but these are the things that might amaze us, and I'm kind of joking, of course, but sometimes we use this term so much. It's amazing I got to work on time, right? Or it's amazing that I, whatever. But this is truly amazing what God has done as we look at the gift that is Jesus, as we open this up, all the different things that we might be amazed by. This is truly Amazing that God would be with the one who created and sustains the universe, became a human, not just any human, not just here to be served, but he came to serve, to be obedient to death, even death on the cross, for all the ways that we fall short. So this was truly amazing. And what do we do with this news? Do we receive it? Do we believe it? Do we share this good news with others? I want to challenge you here, and John actually wants to challenge you, challenge you in John 1, verse, starting in verse 9. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world, that Jesus is the light. He comes into the darkness. We have darkness. In the dark, we sin. In the dark, we hide things. And, and Jesus comes as the light of the world, uh, exposing that darkness, but then eradicating it, getting rid of all the darkness in our lives. But he came into the very world he created, uh, but the world did not recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So this is what God has done. If you receive him, now many reject him, even his own people, even if you think about the long history of the Jewish people, and even as we looked in that Exodus story and and how God longs to show his 
abounding love and compassion. He's full of grace and truth uh, for his people. He's full of grace and truth for the whole world, and we can reject him. But I want to ask you, will you accept and receive the gift of Jesus, or will you reject him? This gift is available to you this, this Christmas Eve, and that what God does then, not everybody is a child of God, can be, call God their father, that we are reborn, we are made anew. We were dead in our sins and in our darkness and the ways that we live, but God makes us new, reborn. This isn't something that we do in our own effort, but that God does by his power, his strength, and his spirit. So will you accept him this Christmas? As we open up this gift, you've never received it. I want to encourage you to receive it. God is, Jesus is the light of the world. He, he uh, eradicates our darkness, the ways that we fall short. He makes us his child. He forgives us of our sins. So my big idea for you uh, this Christmas Eve is receive the gift of light and life. Receive this gift. Even if you're a follower of Jesus, maybe you've lost track. Maybe you've been distracted this last year. Maybe you've been going through things. Uh, Turn back to him. Receive this gift uh, and share this news. This is amazing, truly amazing, that God would become a human being. The one who created and sustains everything became a human being uh, because he is full of grace, full of truth. He is... uh, He is full of grace. He is generous inside and out. He is true from start to finish. This is who he is. Uh, He is faithful. Even if you think like, I haven't been faithful. Well, that's not the point, right? Of course we're not faithful. I'm not faithful all the time. Well, none of us in here are faithful all the time, but God is. And he he just says simply, confess. uh, Tell him how you've fallen short, and he is faithful to forgive you. I want to encourage you to, after the service, we're going to have a few of staff and an elder available for, to pray with you. Uh, if you would like uh, to turn to him for the first time, or if you're struggling uh, and, and you need prayer, uh, they will be there as well. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I am thankful, thankful that you sent your son Jesus for us. This gift uh, that Uh, We remember and celebrate each and every year, many of us. Help us to continue to be in awe and amazed at this. Uh, May we bring that to our celebrations with family and friends over the next few days. May we enjoy our time with family and friends. And may we also be amazed by this story. Share that with those that we interact with in the next few days and with those that that you put it in our path Uh, in in our lives. I pray for those in this room who maybe have not turned to you, have not received this gift of of your son Jesus, that they would turn to you. Uh, What a grace we've been given. You have sent your son. You are full of grace, full of truth, abounding in love and faithfulness. May they see that and turn to you, confess the ways that they've fallen short uh, and turn to you uh, for the eternal life that you've given them. I pray for those two in this room who maybe are struggling. Maybe they are followers of Jesus, but uh, they're wrestling with a lot of different things. I don't know what those are, but, but you do, that they would also turn to you. Uh, you show grace and compassion to the humble, to those who are in pain or suffering, and we're thankful for that. Um, I ask these things in your son's name. Amen.